0: Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional.
1: in the show, Micah. Can you do that for us? Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: no. Because <laughs> I don't remember how it's done. Hello!
1: Welcome to Disruption.
0: Okay, I'll try it.
1: I'll try it. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> okay. I believe in you.
2: Hello and welcome to Disruption. I just plugged my mic in. Like, give me a second. Slow your roll. Jeez. Good Ooh. grief.
3: We well i plugged now. my
0: mic in seven hours ago because that's how
2: <laughs> i was too busy being first to be to be worrying
0: uh, about see? things like plugging
2: oh. my mic in i don't think it counts as first if you're not fully ready oh, oh it counts as first baby it counts as first <laughs> mark this day
0: down is the first time steve has ever referred to me as baby yeah and like, uh, burn this uh, day
2: yeah <laughs> I think I've, I've stunned all? you all into silence. That's fantastic. I, I've I've brought this is how the show ends. I refer to Micah as baby. That's the end of the show. That's
0: that's how it, that's how it all goes. That's how it uh, ends. Right. Was, are, are we so recording? is everybody ready now? We're we yeah, recording? recording.
1: I was ready five years ago. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hello <laughs> and welcome to Isometric. I am your host. My- oh, I just said Isometric. Oh, we my don't do gosh. that show this anymore. Is- no, that's and great. That's light. great. Keep
1: going.
2: This is isometric. Yeah. Well, that means we have to talk about video games for an hour. You realize that? <laughs> so, Mike, are you pre- are you prepared to talk about hardcore video games for for an hour and thirty minutes?
4: That just means yes. that Steve wants to talk about Hearthstone.
2: Well, you know that's that's like a day that ends in Y. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> don't they all end in Y? That's the point. That's the joke. That's like a yeah. good there we job. go. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it was yeah. a dad
0: joke. Anyway, uh, welcome to this show called Disruption that used to be called Isometric but isn't anymore. I am your host, Micah Sargent, and I am joined by the, uh, wow, I don't even know, like, person of <laughs> all the <laughs> trades and all yes. the
1: um, happenings,
0: <laughs> Brianna Wu.
1: Brianna, no, so how are you The phrase you're doing? looking for is the honorable... Brianna Wu, that's what they're going to have to, if I, if I run for Congress and I end up winning, which we're going to talk about on the show, my, my prefix is the honorable Brianna Wu. So. Oh, that, oh, that is, is great. great. That's, that's, yeah, that is yeah. great. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's totally plausible. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not funny. It sounds <laughs> great.
4: Can yeah. you make, can you make me your deputy so I can be called like deputy? Deputy like, Dow. Do you get deputies? Do you
1: get some, do you get? Can you can you like follow me around and be like my secret service? Can you do that? Can I get you some sunglasses? Do I get and do I get
4: pandas and falcons? Because if so, I'm on board.
1: you you dress as a panda so no one would know it was you. <laughs> it would be very inconspicuous yeah. and you'd just be hanging out. Also, you're four feet tall, so they would just think it's like a normal panda. <laughs> they wouldn't even see me. Out right. They wouldn't even so, see me. Yeah. <laughs>
4: So, so, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Also,
0: we are also joined by Deputy Dow. How you doing, Dow?
4: I'm, I'm on a Secret Service mission right now, so I can't speak. <laughs> Everyone take 10 steps away
0: from the woo. And last but not least, we are joined Honorable by the woo. dishonorable Stephen Lubitz.
2: <laughs> I guess I'm the reason that Bree needs, uh, needs Georgia to follow her around in a panda yeah. suit. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, Georgia. These protecting... were you the one that
1: sent me all the anti-Semitic uh, death threats today? Was that you? That sounds okay. just like him. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean,
2: self-hating Jews are a thing, but yeah, not... <laughs> I guess so.
1: I guess so. Uh,
0: so yeah, we're all here, and um, <laughs> I think I think we should we should just just hop right in, folks, as we do every
1: week. Hey, everybody, this is Brianna. I am talking to you from the future, four days after we recorded uh, this next segment we're about to have. So immediately after we finished uh, recording our show on Thursday, a bunch of reports came out uh, kind of uh, discrediting the story we're about to discuss. And, you know, ordinarily we would just cut the segment altogether, except we have dueling, very credible sources that are saying different things on this story. Uh, BuzzFeed basically came out and said uh, this Jewish family was not harassed out of their home They were on vacation We have Washington Post and other very reputable uh, sources are saying things that are different So, you know, we take uh, bringing what we, you know, talk about on this show You know, having it be accurate very seriously So we wanted to give you that addendum And without further ado, here's the discussion Today it's going to be just
4: a happy show is what we had said, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, no,
0: no. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh. the world we oh. live in is not filled with happiness. Um, there is some happiness, but, uh, you know, there there has to be s- some badness as well. Um, so you might have heard about Centerville Elementary School um, because there was supposed to be a Christmas carol performance at the Lancaster County School. Okay. And the, 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 whole thing was canceled and the reason why it was canceled uh because the principal did eventually explain was that basically the teachers were spending way too much t- it would have taken way too much time during the learning day that they hadn't budgeted out so they decided we can't do this because if we tried to do it after school then we wouldn't be able to get all these students involved et etc 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 that was literally the reason there was nothing else well because of fake news sites and then once again um the the overall story being spread by Fox News and Breitbart. Um, there was a there was an accusation, and again, this was fake, that um, a Jewish family had complained, and that was the reason that this program was canceled at the school. And now that family, they have been receiving threats. And have been harassed harassed by classmates as well. Uh, the the child of those parents, you know, Bree, you have some experience with yeah. this, and uh, I think that I would like to, I'd I'd love you know to hear from you about this.
1: Well, you know, I. I, I, yeah, Steve. I was talking at the opening of the show about getting anti-Semitic death threats. Uh, I was kind of trying to deal with it with some humor, but I have to say, um, this is a new trend in the the harassment and the threats and the rape threats I get is that they have this weirdly anti-Semitic edge to them. Um, You know, for me, you know, not being someone that's Jewish. You can kind of keep a little bit of emotional distance from it, but uh, you know, I think it really speaks to this terrifying um, new anti-Semitic uh, tone to politics in the country that Breitbart, Steve Bannon, and the alt-right have unleashed. Yeah, uh, you know, these these tactics are completely not mysterious to anyone that listens to this show uh, you know making people fear for their lives and making them run from their home that's that's been going on for a long time for women in tech what's really Discouraging to me, and yeah, you know, I've never talked about this openly before. Um, I had many conversations with Obama's White House through Gamergate, and you know specifically with things that the Attorney General was planning on doing about it. Uh, Obama ultimately chose to do nothing. And as a result, we kind of—you um, know—I was talking to friends today about this. It's like uh, it's not so much that they were planning this four years ago, but they—they've kept doing this, and they see there are no consequences. So now this playbook has been unleashed on everybody. Um, you know, Steve, this has to—I know we were talking it today. You say it was making you shake; it hit you so hard. I mean, how are you feeling? Well.
2: I mean I guess first of all this was being reported on on like Fox News, which is not it's not a not the most reputable news source in the world, but it's not a fake news site either. You know, mainstream news sites that are that are reporting on this. There was an opinion piece on Fox News that was very strongly implying that it was because a Jewish family had a reaction to the line oh, what was the line what's the line? I don't even
0: I think it's God uh God with us. Oh or God, wait, us every, God bless God us
2: God bless everyone. us everyone. And that was it, it realistic really what happened was that they'd asked to be excused from the play and they were allowed to be excused from the play and that was the end of it. Um I have no doubt that some of the complaints about that were starting in the, you know, in the gossip in that school and and then that just kind of somebody decided to reach out to the media or something like that. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that that just kind of came out of nowhere. It's really kind of frightening because like I've been in this situation. Like a couple of years ago uh, one of the kids classrooms had an elf on the shelf in the classroom and we were not super excited about it but we ultimately decided not to say anything because it's just it's not it, it, you we picked our battles basically um but another family another jewish family in the school did say something about it and there was a lot of kind of grumbling you know in the background about that from the other families in the school and i i don't know what would happen if that was this year you know because it, it's such a it's such a, a little thing, right? But at the same time, you're also in a public school that's that's shouldn't you you feel like shouldn't be necessarily favoring any one religion over the other, but at the same time there's you know, there's a, a Christmas player, there's a there's an elf on the shelf. and it's not that you don't want other people to enjoy their holiday, but it's you know it's awkward and and uncomfortable sometimes when you're put in that position as someone. Who doesn't celebrate it? But it, it's it's kind of scary that this war on Christmas thing, which it, I mean, it's it's never really occurred to me until now that it's basically coded anti-Semitism because the 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 message that's behind it is basically that we can't say Merry Christmas because the Jews got offended and the Jews are trying to take Christmas away from us. Um, when it's, it's, that's like not even close to the case. And, and if you spend five minutes as somebody in this country in December, as somebody who doesn't celebrate Christmas, you see like Christmas is trust me, Christmas is not going anywhere. There's, there's too much of it everywhere for it to be going, take it away. It's just that, you know, it, it's just like the minimum possible amount of effort to acknowledge that somebody else might be celebrating a holiday. That's not yours. It's terrifying because the message is basically get in line and assimilate or else. And and it's as somebody who is mostly assimilated but still, you know, still retains a very important part of my being that that's the message that's being sent is it, frankly terrifying.
4: I can't believe that we are not learning from our past mistakes. Yeah. It's I'm it's just incredulous that we still go through this. Yeah. How small minded and fearful. I don't even, I, I'm like, just words can't comprehend what this family must be going through. Yeah. To have that happen. And then to think that it could happen to anyone, which means it could happen to anyone. Right. So a yeah. lot of people will dismiss this type of thing saying, well, I'm not Jewish. So I don't have to worry if this happens. This could happen to anyone that, People can go after someone. It could be you or me tomorrow. And that's why we need to stand up is that, you know, even if it would never be us, that we would allow this to happen to a fellow person is so frightening. It just makes me want to weep for humanity because we fought so hard past all kinds of sets of tyranny and fear-based thinking and education, and to think of how far, how little we have traveled so far in this journey is, is just really devastating, just really devastating. When I first heard about this, I thought it had to be a farce or the onion or please just tell me that this isn't true because it's so horrifying. And it is.
1: I, I I think your point about um, you know the the war on Christmas being coded anti-Semitism. I think it's really well said, Steve. I think it it's about other religions than just Judaism, but it's yeah. But it's it's certainly a backlash. I mean, let's let's be honest. That is, you know, Judaism is the main religion that also kind of concurs with that part of the year, and. You know, there was this really fascinating piece that came out in the Washington Post this week. I don't know if you saw it, uh, but, uh, you know, a bunch of academics did a study. And uh, they asked a group of uh, people classified themselves as very liberal how offended they would feel. If someone said uh, uh, Merry Christmas to them And it was just a statistical blip It barely even existed And mm. they asked uh, a bunch of hardcore Very, very conservative people How offended they would feel If someone said Happy Holidays to them It was just off the chart And it's just so ironic to me That you know this group that says Oh, everything's just too politically correct Everything's just Oh, they just won't They just have to have everything their way And they won't stop complaining just complain ceaselessly when anyone steps up, even a little bit, and asks to be included. And it's it's everywhere. Micah, did you see us this week with Bill O'Reilly? Um, you know, he had some comments on race earlier in the week where he was saying like, oh, the left just wants to, you know, upset the um you know basically the white male power structure in the country. They just want to get rid of white power. And I'm thinking of myself like Okay, Bill, like if you phrase that another way, you're saying, like, oh, the left has a problem with white supremacy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's exactly. the truth. And it it's it, it's just really frustrating to me that we have this you know, we basically have a, a political power base that has found nothing is off limits anymore. This has been cemented and given a double thumbs up by Donald Trump. It's a it's a technique that works, right? Yeah. Just terrify your opponent into shutting up, and then these 4chan people will be there with uh, Nazi memes and death threats, and, you know, we will just um, attack them for fun until, you know, we get to laugh about it on Fox News. And it's just disgusting, and it it makes me very mad at the lack of leadership we've had leading up to this moment.
2: Especially the war on Christmas thing, and this is something that's kind of been in my craw for a long time because— like, let me tell you, I, I, I and I, I feel like we've talked about this. It must have been an nice isometric because it would have been in December, which was before we started this show under this name. But um, I know I've talked before about what it's like to be experiencing Christmas in America in as somebody who doesn't participate in. It. And, and it's it's like this is I get so it's not even seasonal affective disorder. Because it's not it's because that's not what it is. It's only December where yeah. I get like right. incredibly bummed out because, I mean, you have to kind of imagine that like the world's biggest party is going on 24 seven. And it is all that anybody can talk about for a solid month. And you're not invited. Yeah, that's that's absolutely what it feels like. A lot of the time, it's like there's Christmas music going on twenty four seven. You you turn on the television and it's like and it's like there's just like this endless parade of Christmas movies. You know how many Hanukkah movies there are? How many Hanukkah movies? Two, and one of them is Adam Sandler's. Um,
1: so isn't there the Hebrew Hammer? Yeah, that's Comedy the other Central? one. Central. Oh wow, wow! I was saying sarcastic. Oh my god. Yeah, I was saying that as a joke, Steve. No, oh, that's no. seriously the other one. Oh no. Wow. So oh God! Yeah, it's
2: like I, so. I, I you know there was the that Overwatch holiday thing that happened this week, the one where they revealed that that Tracer was gay. The one thing that struck me is that Overwatch in particular is like such a they go out of their way to be to to be a diverse um, you know game and and yeah. they have all well mm. they they more so than pretty much anything else they at least try to right they may not get it right all the time but at least they're trying and. They have 16 different variations of Santa costumes, and they have this lovingly crafted Zenyatta Nutcracker skin that looks incredible. And the only thing that even comes close to representing Hanukkah is a dreidel player icon. And even when they have the comic... They have, like, this whole montage of, like, 20 people celebrating holidays, and there's not even a hint of anyone who might even be coming close to celebrating Hanukkah. And it's, Uh like, you know, it's, like, that kind of a thing that is—I'm used to it. Like, I don't get upset about it anymore, really, because Uh it's, like, it's not not worth getting disappointed, but it's, like— Basically, the any time that anybody even tries to include Hanukkah, it's either as an afterthought or they're doing it as like Jewish Christmas with like the ugly Hanukkah sweaters and mensch on the bench and and stuff like that, you know, so it's it's that overwhelming all the time. And then to have people upset because they're being asked to say happy holidays in public Instead of Merry Christmas, because there might be one of the few people who they're talking to who doesn't celebrate their holiday and it's just a tiny bit of accommodation is just mm-hmm. so incredibly frustrating. And it's not yeah. to say that I don't want anybody to celebrate Christmas. Like, I felt horrible last week, Michael, when you were, like, having to, you know, go out and, you know, like, justify saying Merry, saying that you celebrated Christmas. Like, I don't want anybody to not celebrate Christmas, right? Like, I... I'm very happy for everybody to celebrate Christmas and enjoy it like it's and and you should enjoy it. But it's like but it's like it's just a matter of just taking like 30 like 30 nanoseconds just to acknowledge that somebody is may not be included in that and just say something that's slightly different just to. Just to acknowledge that is is really all it is, and that's too much, and it's yeah. it's yeah. so fr- so
0: frustrating. You know, with that specifically, um, I, that I don't want you to feel bad about that, or like anybody else to feel bad about that, because for me, that's like a that's a me thing. That's my choice to make based on how I want others. And when you sent that thing, Ed, you had written "Merry Christmas" from the Lubitz family. Like that really stuck out to me. That was really awesome that you. You know that was from you and your family, and yet it was you know you'd written "Merry Christmas" on it. So right. thank you for that. Of you. Like, that. right that yeah. because so that's, a,
2: that's the holiday you celebrate, and I know that's what you celebrate. So that's you know why I would say that absolutely. And and in my turn, it's because in in on my side, it's the same thing
0: because I know that there are people out there who don't celebrate the holiday that I do then I would want to do that. But I know at the same time, yes, there are maybe some people whose motivation is more based in, um, you know, in what others are thinking or, or what have you rather than kind of an internal to external thing, but more an external to internal thing. So I get where you're coming from with that. Um, but you, I don't ever want you to feel bad, like yeah. that I'm dancing around for your sake. It's really right. a, a me thing.
1: I, I think it's a missed opportunity, Steve. Uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see an Overwatch update where Reinhardt, who's this giant, like, armored dude, comes out with the shield. But it's not a shield. It's, a, it's like a, a giant menorah. It just glows and it holds back all the bullets. I want to see Skarmory, the Pokemon in Pokemon Go. I want to see Skarmory come out with just, like, menorah blades on his wings and just, like you know that's that's what i want to see and then like a star of david like like etched uh onto his like armor that would be awesome like i would totally buy that that's not even all that out there it, it's not any stupider than the the nutcracker thing right it's like you know what kill you and the thing that really gets me is overwatch uh does a pretty good job about representing people all over the world every yeah. stage is a different country you've got a lot of different racial diversity in the background like this this is it's just keeping with the theme you yeah know? Uh, what you're saying is
2: like other than you know menorah is coming out of his shoulders or whatever but that's that like the story of hanukkah is a military story Like, it's it's Judah Maccabee who is, like, conquering the Greeks and kicking them out of the temple. And all you would have to do is take someone like Reinhardt, put him in some, like, circa 200 B.C. armor, and, you know, maybe put a Star of David on him, and there you go. And that's, like, an easy thing to do, and it would make sense in the game. But, you know, it's the kind of thing that it's always... Kind of left by the wayside. I mean, at least like Google, alongside their Santa tracker, put in like a virtual dreidel on Google Assistant, which was a really nice touch that I appreciated. And that, that was like un- unexpected, especially from Google. You know, it's like that's it's like you're grabbing on the scraps all the time. And it's. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean and and it's just like
1: I I'm a woman yeah. in the game industry. I know exactly what you mean, Steve. Yes. I don't need to I'm explain
2: that to you, but it's yes. but it but it's like, you know, and th- but that's why it's so frustrating is that to to consider it like a war on Christmas when it's like you you have no idea. Like if this is a war, like it's it's not even close. It's just like basic human decency, but that's too much, you know. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack no, the whole show. No, don't apologize. With, Honestly, with, with that was, <laughs>
0: right? That was so yeah. on point. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the the fact. Like, especially the end there, the, where you're talking about how this is literally just deciding to make a, a choice that includes more people, and that is so far that they take it to the word war. Uh, that what kind of blowing out of proportion are we talking about here where war is just saying, hey, consider other people. But I mean, the whole turning political correctness into a bad thing is it falls along that same route where, uh, you know, I prefer to just call that being a decent person where you consider the the feelings of others and whoa whoa there whoa there micah whoa there i'm feeling like my
4: own need for more of the pie is being infringed on with that sharing thing
0: this is what is it the the saying about um whenever other people are gaining privilege any of that feels like an attack on you
1: what a what a cheery way to start the show (laughs) yes It's, it's important yeah it's important
2: but it, well, it is, be- you know, and, it, and it's like, you know, I, I guess one other thing is just that, you know, we have Santa in our house because, like, we're afraid of being the Jews who ruin Christmas for everybody by like telling oh. our kids that Santa is not real. But you know, your your classmate entrusting them to not blow that in the in the classroom, and it's a very real thing, and it, oh. it kills me having my kids asking what they're getting for Santa. And having Mm. to make up this convoluted story to explain Mm. to them that, well, you know, you guys celebrate two holidays, so he's not going to bring you quite as much, but he's going to bring you something just to know that he's thinking about you. And it's like – and it it just – it breaks my heart every time that I have to – you know, I work really hard to be able to give them nice gifts and I have to give this to – this – you know, give the credit for some of it to this thing that I don't even – Believe in it isn't part of my right, culture, right, right, right. Just because right. I don't want to put them in the position of like being the Jews who ruined Christmas for their class, you know, and that's like a real thing that we go through, and it's that that we do to assimilate to not get in the way of other people being able to enjoy their holiday.
1: I think I would have become a better person faster if some Jews had come and ruined uh, Christmas <laughs> in my class for me. I, I'm not joking. I think it would have, like, woken me up that there are people in the world that don't experience the world as a uh, white and Christian. Like, that's probably a good lesson to get, so... Yeah.
0: <sighs> and see that you bend over backwards, like, that, and and all that is being asked on the other end is to just... Except that there are other people out there. <laughs> yeah. You are you are taking it so far to have, uh, uh, you know, this being uh, that you don't even believe in and even like pretending for your children so that they can have some sense of believing it too so that they don't re- – that's so much work. And yeah. on the other end, it's just like, hey, maybe consider the fact that Christmas isn't the only holiday that's celebrated. War. This yeah. is war. <laughs> yeah. How- yeah. <sighs> All right, we anyway, should move on. We should, we should, we move, should on. move on. We should <laughs> move on. Now, before we break into the rest of the uh, episode, I do want to talk about Linode is our ride <gasps> or die. They are our ride or die. I heart Linode because yeah. when, when no one else is around, Linode always has our backs and... Once again, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Linode. So if you're wondering what it is, it's a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. And that's what makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute, and plans start at just $10 a month, which now gets you two gigabytes of RAM. You'll be able to choose your resources, your Linux distro, your node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, you can boot, and you can resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. So if you're wondering what in the world you can do with Linode, well, it's great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. We've got industry-leading native SSD storage. And access to a 40 gigabit network, you're going to have all the power you need to get all the tasks you've got done. I hear Santa Claus uses it. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash disruption, you're not only going to be supporting us, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's honestly nothing to lose. So please go to linode.com disruption to learn all about it. You can sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Remember, plans start at just $10. Bucks. You can also use the promo code DISRUPTION20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting our show.
2: You know what you could do if you need an idea uh, for what you can put on Linode? You know, they had that that Eliza program that emulated a therapist back in the 60s. I think uh, you could code one up, but have it be with Georgia Dow and then just, you know, uh, substitute, uh, you know, orcs and sw- swimming with sharks for, you know, actual, you know, therapy advice.
0: There we go. <laughs> I am there so we go. down for that. <laughs> I want that yesterday.
2: Yeah, I I think you should you should go sign up for Linode account and and start. You can this is your your Georgia Dow Eliza game jam is what this is. So (laughs) that's a terrible idea. You should not let me come up with ideas. But yeah, go do that.
0: Well, do we want to do we want to briefly discuss? um, I heard something happened to our our good friend of like. Uh, I don't know. He's just like podcast's best friend in, in, in every podcast. Uh, Charles Tan. Brie, why don't Charles! you
1: tell us all about I'm it? I'm so pissed. I'm Charles! so pissed, Micah. I'm so pissed. Okay, I want to tell you guys about the biggest tragedy in The Human. I, I can't believe this happened to Charles. So- Is it worse than having to watch The Hebrew Hammer? No. God. Okay. Well, it's not oh, that bad. Oh, okay. Steve, I feel so bad That's your really Christmas movie. I feel so bad for you. It's not that big a tragedy. Um, no. Okay. This is this was a crime, and this was committed against Friend of Humanity and the show, humanity, and also yes. the person that runs uh, the Rocket Twitter account, because Simone, Christina, and I can't be bothered. <laughs> Charles Tan. <laughs> Charles Tan. So he went and bought a Sure Brand microphone. And Sure told them, told Charles Tan, looked Charles Tan in the eye and said, Charles Tan, if you buy this, we will give you a lightning cable. A free lightning Ooh. cable will come with it. And what did Sure do? Don't say they- it. Don't took say Charles, it. I know. I'm sorry. They did Georgia. not mess they, with our Charles. They took Charles oh. Tan's trust oh. and they watered it up and they spit on <gasps> it and they threw it mm. in the garbage. No. And then they put that garbage can in a trash compactor. No. And then they drove it to the dump. And no. And then they set it on fire and then they launched it <sighs> oh. into the sun. It's not okay. And, and, you know, what happened, and this is amazing to me, so, you know, they, they label stuff, apparently. Companies do this, that they'll label it, but the things they advertise on the label only apply to the United States. And Charles <gasps> Tan, he wrote, Humanity Lives in the Philippines. So they just, like, rip off people in the Philippines what? for oh, no reason whatsoever. So Charles Tan, I want to let you know, Brianna Wu dance with you. <laughs> The show isometric stands with you, which doesn't exist anymore, but disruption does exist. And it stands with you, and rocket stands with you. And, and we all
0: stand with you.
1: We do. And okay, ready, 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 guys? Disgusted. We need to do the Charles yeah. chant. Ready? There's
2: a chance. Charles, Charles, Charles,
1: Charles, Charles,
2: Charles, 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 Charles,
4: Charles, 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 like Charles, oh.
1: Charles, 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 Charles,
2: so you can just not send things to people in other countries. That's new information. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I tell you, if you live in the Philippines, I will sell you my PlayStation 4, $100. Just send me that money, and we'll see what's in the box. Like, just, just make it happen.
2: So does that mean we can sell things to Georgia and just not send them? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely legal. Oh. oh. That, that opens up a whole <laughs> new realm of possibilities. Oh, I'm excited.
4: <laughs> what? what? Wait a second. What? Why <laughs> is... Why is... What, what happened? Steve, what happened to we you? We should
1: do the, have this conversation when Georgia's not around. Oh, That's I'm the sorry. One oh, you're I, not good at crime. I Hi, Georgia. Okay. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, Hi, that Georgia. Is awkward. You guys that were you guys awkward. were
4: joking, right? It was a joke, right? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Huh?
1: yeah. Hmm. Merry Christmas, yeah. Georgia. The honorable, the <laughs> honorable Brianna Wu. Uh, we
0: are going to discuss um I know that there are some questions that we will get to, not at this moment, but uh that involve Bree's campaign. So let's talk about that last. <laughs> um so that we can we can lead from uh your update boop, 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 from campaign headquarters Bree's update uh directly into the questions about it. First Fantastic. though, Bree, you have some some exciting and very important, like one of the most important thing, skills you can learn, um, how to play Nerf Wars in your
1: home. Can you Ooh, tell us okay. more about that? Uh, do we have time to talk about this? We'll do it really, really quickly. Uh, we always yeah, have time for Nerf Wars. I'm just yeah. going to say, Bree, we'll we'll we need to get some serious quickly. topics down. All right, all right, all right. We got it. We got the Nerf apocalypse should show up we yeah. got counterbalance. Listen, uh, I've brought the, everybody the, down,
2: Bree. You go ahead yeah, and bring them yeah. back up.
1: Okay, so guys, <laughs> I've recently gotten so into Nerf Wars. I am like a member of the Montana Militia in my house. I have so many Nerf products now. And I want to I tell you the most fun you can have over Christmas is a Nerf War. And it's a hostage, a hostage-based game. Oh. So what you do is you get three different Pokemon for each team. Uh, assuming a Pokemon stuffed animals. So for me, you know, it's like Pikachu. Steve, I think you gave me that Pikachu. I, I, and uh, yeah, Gengar so. and Snorlax. So they're the hostages. You have a Snorlax? I mean, yeah. love me some Snorlax. I oh, love Snorlax. I want a Snorlax. So <laughs> they're at one end of the house. They're at one end of the house. And then the other Pokemon are over at the other end of the house. So the idea is you're trying to capture all of the hostages. So you, everybody gets a bunch of Nerf guns. So it's Frank and I playing. So we have uh, Springers. We've got Flywheel Blasters. I have the entire rival Chaos line. So you sneak around. And the rule is if you get shot with even one dart, um, you have to go back to your base and count to ten. And you obviously can't shoot anyone. So during that time, you're running through the whole house to try to go grab that Pikachu and then run back to the other end of the house and throw Pikachu in your base before it's all over. And, you know, if you get shot midway, you've got to drop the hostage where they are. And it is just so much fun. This is an absolute blast. And, Steve, I would love to bring an entire armory over to your house and just wreck everything oh, your TV, oh your my kitchen, yeah. everything. Just to arm your children. And just, you know, it's not my problem. And, you know, I it would, would end great. in
2: tears, though, pretty quickly, I think. it, it great.
1: Maybe, maybe mine, but probably <laughs> one of my daughters yeah, yeah, for win. you. Yeah. No, they'd be on the winning team. They they'd be happy.
2: There, one of them is <laughs> never on the winning team. So it's <laughs> oh. even if even when she's winning, she gets upset. So it's yeah, that would be uh, that would be interesting. But,
4: <laughs> but that's probably because you know she's not using Bree's technique. Yeah, right. Which is yeah. don't get sad, get even.
1: Yeah, mm, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. Bree, that's, that's it. your technique. That's it's worked for me so far. So. Don't get sad, get even. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I mean come on. So Micah, you're younger. I mean, have you ever done Nerf War?
0: I've not when I was Uh, younger I played Nerf Wars. I have not Like did you grow uh, were
4: you born an adult, Micah? What is that?
0: (laughs) I really was. You I can know, tell actually, you, Micah
2: is Benjamin Button, IRL. Honestly, right. <laughs> that, what
0: you just said, Steve, yes, because I can, gar- I can tell you right now, like my mom has literally said this to me before. A, she <laughs> said that Shane was good for me because it's partially his fault, but B, like growing up has made me younger and in my heart. Whereas when I was a, a little, like little kid up through, I don't know, probably high school, my mom would call me old man all the time because I have just always had a very, I don't know, a very older man personality, like very mature personality, I guess is the the way to put it. And I was like, no fun and get off my lawn. But um, mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I like fun and I don't mind people on my lawn. In fact, Come over, have a beer, and throw it down in my lawn, and we'll—I'll clean it up later. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I played uh, Nerf when I was younger. I'm uh, trying to think if of any fun games like that that I don't really. Yeah, no, no. But I might have so to try Georgia, this one.
1: Georgia, the best technique for Nerf I found is to get a shotgun. <laughs> so you have flywheel blast. What? Right. Uh, the, the Nerf shotgun. Oh. They have different tactical. Yeah. So, okay, the problem with the flywheel blaster is it makes a lot of noise as you rev up the flywheel. Right, so right, So it's a right. semi automatic gun, so you rev up a flywheel with one button and then shoot darts with the other. The awesome part about a Springer, which is a spring-loaded Nerf gun, is uh, it's silent, right? Like you can fire instantly and get someone. So I've got this awesome shotgun called the uh, Nerf uh, Rival Atlas, that shoots these little balls at 120 feet per second, which is so hard and it hurts. So this is where I think you'd be good at Georgia. So you sneak through the house silently. So you you, you take off your shoes and you put on socks and then you create a distraction. So what I like to do is to use my iPhone to turn on AirPlay in Frank's base with a bunch of music. So then he's all confused by that. (laughs) And then I I sneak through the house, I circle around him and then blam! With the Nerf shotgun, and I think you could use that ninja technique very effectively. Oh, I like well, this. It. This
2: gun is no joke.
1: Yeah, right. Is that, is that shooting like golf balls? What is yeah. what is the ammo for yeah. that thing? Yeah, it's little golf balls. That's, uh, but that's foam. what. Yeah, sounds. Yeah, it looks like
2: yeah. the, it looks like one of the guns from Halo, and it shoots yeah. like little yellow golf balls.
1: Okay, so let me tell you about the big gun. Is called the Nerf Rival. <laughs> Chaos. Wait, wait. This is the little gun. Yeah, that's the little gun. Oh my no, god. The big gun huh. is the Nerf Rival Chaos. It has a round in it that holds 45 freaking bullets. And you can just, it is so freaking accurate. This you, thing you has you a stand, magazine. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a magazine, it's like seven magazines taped to each other. So, no. you know, you just like, oh my god. I need a picture of so, you, Bree, with
4: the magazines over oh, Rambo style.
1: It's yeah. awesome. It feels so good shooting your spouse in the face with it. Let me tell
4: you. <laughs> I it's, remember it's actually crazy. one of my first videos that I yeah. saw of you and Frank was one, which like, you know, I that was it. I was just like, Bree is just too awesome, so is Frank. Yeah. Was one was Frank eating the the um cupcake. Yeah. And and I don't know, saying my name and eating a cupcake or something like that. And then the other one was you sneaking up on Frank while he was sleeping and then nerfing him. Ah.
1: They were it's great. Fantastic. I would try in slow-mo, which Requires awesome. six D batteries, was, not included. Sixty? Oh, but see, what? This is six, the awesome six size D batteries. That's Jeez. not enough though. You've got to rewire it to take even more power so it shoots harder, <laughs> which is what I've done. So You hacked your Nerf gun? Oh, that's the best part <laughs> of Nerfs, is like hacking them. I have a oh, I don't so funny. like elite darts. But I have this one gun. It's called the Strife. It's the most modifiable pistol. So you start off with like this $20 gun from Walmart or whatever, and then you mod it, and like you add lipo batteries to it, and like put three times as many motors in it, and you wire it in series, so it takes more uh, like content, and then you buy an extended 3D battery case that will let you not just cram like four batteries in there, but like 12, and like this thing, you could like put out someone's eye with it. It is no. awesome. Oh, no. it, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the, the guy in this picture
2: is wearing like goggles and like a full face mask.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Frank has like a SWAT helmet that he pulls down, like he got from a chemical store. <laughs> so it's like this chemical slash teal that he puts down over his face. Oh, that's awesome. I can't control myself. I played so many gunfighting games, uh, like House of the Dead. I just instinctively aim for his face. I just can't <laughs> control it. And yeah, it's uh, sorry.
2: So, so you're you're basically your tactic is to headshot your spouse. <laughs>
4: where's when's, where's what's a better tactic?
2: I, I didn't say there was one. I'm okay. just saying there we go. I'm yeah. just ma- I'm just making sure that we all understand what we're discussing, and that that's all. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, well, I'm running against Stephen Lynch. It's just going to be this yeah. whole segment and the picture of Frank. And it's going to say, if Brianna Wu did this to Frank Wu, what shall, will she do to you? And then oh it'll my just gosh. fade to black. Yeah. There right. was a
2: whole campaign out where the guy was like disassembling and reassembling the, the uh, you know, the, the rifle or whatever. And you could be doing that just with a hacked Nerf yeah. gun.
4: Yeah. I'm Isn't that true, that. Brie? that if you win the house, there's going to be Nerf guns for everyone that attends – and we're going to have a massive nerf war.
1: I'm going to tell you. I will go over to Paul Ryan's office and open up with my nerf rival chaos. And we'll have a nerf war. And then whoever wins uh, will get to pass our legislation. Sounds like a good way to get Sounds that like a better system than, than we have now. So <laughs> Yeah, it could be worse. So, <laughs> uh,
2: so speaking, speaking of your campaign, Bree, how, how is that going?
1: Oh, my God. Guys, I have to tell you. This week, I was... Uh, I always do this You know Because I come from The startup world My mindset is like Just get out there And do it Instead of like Think through it Super (laughs) carefully So like I was uh, I My voice gave out At Frank's uh, Holiday party This year So I go And I sit down And I buy the uh, Website for my campaign Brianna Wu 2018 and um, I start setting it up, and I'm like messing with my Squarespace template, right? And I just like take a picture of my website in progress, and I forgot that I'm friends with half of the press in the world on my Facebook. <laughs> 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 and next thing I know, um, yeah, Venture Beat is like writing me, and they're like, "We would like to do a story about this," and I'm oh, like, wow. "And I'm like, well, I can't." lie and say i'm not running for congress because i am it's <laughs> a venture beat um i'm like well he'll write a story about it it'll be no big thing like i've been pretty open about it and holy crap holy crap I, have you guys seen the news yeah it is no the show it's ridiculous is, i've
4: seen a little bit i've only seen a little oh, bit oh my it's god it like every, every
1: <laughs> other hour there's every. a new story out <laughs> oh it's awesome. ridiculous that's ridiculous. awesome <laughs> The best part is the Boston Globe, which is like the premier Boston paper. You know, it's like uh, Brianna Wu, comma, who's become a cultural icon, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then they put the picture... Of me underneath it, where i 'm like holding my hair back and i 'm going like Rarrr! love <laughs> it, so um yeah, so you know disruption listeners, you knew this, um, you know i haven 't formally announced which district i 'm going to be running in, but uh yeah i can 't i can 't back <laughs> out on it now because everybody 's everybody 's doing it, so yeah um i 'm really excited, like you know, we joke around on this show and I try to you know, show a, a, a more playful side of my personality. But, you know, in all seriousness, I am um, just really, I, I'm i frustrated. I'm scared about Trump's presidency. And I understand that these kinds of politics have just got to stop. Yeah. And, you know, our Congress doesn't care. They just don't care. And, you know, I I don't know what else to do other than run myself and, and get in there. So
4: right yeah awesome Bree. awesome <laughs> well
2: well i mean if you get into the house people will people will understand one way or another very very quickly
1: so
0: yeah 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 well uh people have questions for you um if we want to to hop into the question section and start yeah. talking okay. about that
3: okay so we have a we got a voicemail Hello, Disruption fans, this is John Downing, and yes, you can use my name if you want, and edit this phone call any way you need to. I just have a quick question for Bree. Uh, I heard about you running for office, and I hope you um, obviously win, and I'm hoping for you. Good luck. Uh, My question is this. I typically watch uh, some political shows with the politicians or see them on the news, and it seems that they're always – just on the edge of a diving board into a pool of sharks. And they're always afraid to say the wrong thing to the simplest of questions. And it drives me nuts. So this is why I imagine with you being interviewed with the current representative, the interviewer would say, Mrs. Wu, what is your favorite color? You would say green. Representative A would say, well, there are many faucets of colors that you can choose from. I may prefer more reds and greens, but the blue and yellow sides have their uh, places, too, in society. So you really can answer that question very easily. Interviewer, Mrs. Wu, do you use two-factor authentication, and how often do you use it? Where he would say, of course I use it. I use it every day on all my devices. I think it's a fantastic way to keep your data secure. Mr. Representative, do you use two-factor authentication? And the colors, there are many of them. And, oh, wait, did you know that blue and yellow Mm. make green? That's two-factor authentication. That's some kind of math, right? I haven't done algebra in years. I can ask my staff member what the two factors you need me to say are. The
2: Google transcription of this voicemail that I get in the Google Voice account was extra hilarious. I, it was <laughs> uh, so, Bree. Are awesome. you gonna be? Are are you gonna be able to answer a a question directly once you're uh, running for Congress officially? Are you asking officially? if
4: Brie's gonna stop becoming Bree after?
1: Really? I'm are not you serious? Asking, the call or is okay, asking? Okay. I'm, I'm just just being ready. Just being ready. <laughs> yeah, you know this is a really, really uh, this is a fantastic question. Because, obviously, I, I think people that know me know I speak my mind. Sometimes I stick my foot in my mouth. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm also somebody that when I mess up, I'll reflect on it and, you know, change course. Um, I am absolutely certain I'm going to get Hillary Clinton in this race. I, I'm absolutely certain of it. You know, they will go after me for you know, for things I'm going to say, you know, the left loves to eat our own. And I'll say something uh, that might upset some group a little bit, and then they'll decide to attack me rather than attacking the Republicans. I have no doubt that's going to happen. But I, I really do feel that this, this old model of campaigning It's not serving anyone anymore. And uh, like, think about how it used to be. Like, if I were running for Massachusetts in the 80s, right, I would go out and try to get the endorsement of the Boston Globe back when, you know, newspaper endorsements really mattered. I would like write beautiful speeches. I would give them on TV. I would hope the press would write about them. You know, this is a model that it, it kind of everybody's doing kabuki theater right? Mm. Uh, you give the appearance of not saying anything real. Uh, you know, for me, every single day, my Twitter has like 20 to 30 million people seeing it on a bad month. And you know, those are people that get to read what I think and say on everything pretty directly. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping to run a campaign where, you know, that honesty in who I am comes through. You know, I'm not going to be one of these women politicians that goes out and buys a, a teal, you know, pantsuit and wears that on stage. It's just not who I am. So, yeah, um, I'm going to be really honest and I'm going to be straightforward. and I'm also going to pay a price for that. I'm just imagining you wearing
2: a teal pantsuit.
1: Yeah, I, don't think that's, I, mean, I couldn't get that.
4: that, that I got stuck on the teal. Sorry. It,
1: it's, it's, it's. I can't even yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, we also got an email uh, from someone who is anonymous who says, uh, long-time listener of Isometric and then Disruption. Um, I look forward to y'all at the start of every week, and y'all are fantastic. I, I hope my, my southern accent is coming through while I'm reading <laughs> no, this email, by the way. No, it's not. Okay.
1: very offensive, Steve. <laughs> uh,
2: I just listened to the last episode, and I was curious if there's anything I could do to help your potential run for office. Um, I don't but- think I'd be part of your constituency over here on the West Coast, but I'd like to help if possible. Oh.
1: It's a really good question, and um, guys, I want to, like, educate you on something I just learned this week. Uh, Micah, do you know why only millionaires, uh, generally speaking, get to run for the house? There's a reason for this. It costs is it millions because of they dollars. have money? It's because they have, they have money. money. Um, <laughs> if I go out today and I start a startup, um, you know, I get funding for it, I can draw a salary. Do you know that if you're running for Congress— you can go raise money for your campaign, but you can't use it for anything like eating or paying rent or anything like that. Like it's really surprising. And I, I get it because it's to you know, these laws were written in an era where maybe you would like have your day job and the campaign in the evening. Um, you know, as to like avoid an appearance of impropriety. But uh yeah, for me, I believe because of, like, my national, um, my national profile, raising money for the campaign is not going to be a big deal. Uh, you know, I hope when we get around to that that you will donate to my campaign. Uh, you know, we're going through, we're hiring staff. Uh, I'm going to make very sure that we have people that work for Hillary Clinton on my staff, and I'm going to make very she's sure. she's hiring that- deputies? I, 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 I'm I going to be hiring people, yeah. Um, you know, uh, we're also going to make sure Bernie Sanders people, people that support Bernie are on my staff. I think if you're not looking at why Bernie managed to generate so much passion and you're not asking yourself how you can address those voters, you're just going to fail. So, um, yeah, I really hope you'll donate to that. Um, You know, in the meantime, uh, I'm still going to be doing Disruption and Rocket every single week. I have a piece I'm working on right now about um, basically it's a game that teaches men to rape women in VR. It's a sexual assault Mm. simulator in VR. Uh, Yeah, really scary stuff. Um yeah, it's not something I really enjoy playing. Uh when I write that piece, I'll probably get paid between a hundred to three hundred dollars for it. Um, you know, writing feminist stuff doesn't pay very well. So, you know, if you support the work I do on this show, which I need to stress is completely separate than my election stuff. Uh, you know, go donate for my patreon and we 'll leave that uh link in the show notes but uh it's it's really scary to me to see like this is why normal people can 't run for politics because it 's mm. just uh unless you have enough money to like live on for two years. Or somehow, like, you know, like me, fortunate enough to, you know, have supporters and, you know, this other side job in writing, uh, you know, with me taking a step back from development, GSX, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's something that keeps normal people out.
0: So I have a question for you. Are yeah. people outside of your state allowed, like even or outside of your constituency or whatever, allowed to donate to your campaign?
1: Yes, so oh, you can donate twice. Uh, it's $2,700 uh, pr- maximum limit for both the primary and the general campaign. And then it's legal, amazingly, for any money left over in the primary to go to the general, but not vice versa. There are all these arcane laws there. Like, um, if I am elected into office and I need, like, a map of a district, um, I can... You know, I can only make one copy. So if I make two <laughs> copies of a map from my printer in my office, I'm breaking federal law on this. Wow. Like it's, it's truly... It is, it is hardcore. A, it, I, you know, honestly, that Georgia, and i gotta be really straight here, 90% of them look like a pain in the butt but they make sense it's to like guarantee the integrity of american officials which is mm-hmm. you know 100 awesome but it makes me that much madder to see what donald trump is doing with funneling people over to his washington hotel and you know having his uh, son sit on meetings where he's supposed to invest in himself from financial interests it's just disgusting to see what Donald Trump is doing when, you know, I'm looking at this and trying to follow all the rules.
2: Yeah. Anything else you want to that you want to say about the campaign before? Because we have some other questions that have that don't have to do with. Uh,
1: yeah, I just say, uh, you know, if you want to support me and the work I do on Isometric, uh, you know, we'll keep a Patreon link uh, in the show notes as far as being able to donate to my actual campaign campaign. Uh, you know, that's going to uh, it's, it's going to be up soon. We're going to file the FEC paperwork next week. I have to get a tax ID number first. Uh, there are all these these huge hoops you have to jump through for that. So it's going to happen very soon. So we have a question
2: from Livio who says, um, hey, Disrupticons, here's a non-political question for you. What fashion advice do you have for people who work in tech and games? I know this industry attracts a lot of people who don't put much thought into their clothes, and I once heard someone describe us as a perpetual casual Friday wasteland filled with only T-shirts and jeans. I'm trying to break out of that mold, but it's kind of daunting. It just feels phony to try out styles that seem too fancy for me. Any tips on how to get over this? Thanks.
4: They haven't seen my fashion, so they're not probably asking me.
0: The the question, (laughs) like, in terms of, uh, of, like, getting over it or feeling uncomfortable whenever you do decide to do it. I really think that's going to be more of a mental thing. Um, that is, you know, there's one part of you, obviously, that is saying, I want to start dressing up and I want to start uh, putting on, you know, these clothes and feel, uh, feel different, I guess. And so you kind of have to like look into yourself and say, is this something that I really want because I, like, it makes me feel good? Or is this something that I'm just doing uh, for the sake of like, uh, I don't know, standing up to what other people might think? And if either of those are motivators for you and they 're like positive motivators for you, then go forth with it, even though you might feel uncomfortable at first or feel like it 's phony i don 't think it 's phony if the point of of you doing it is to try and you know make a statement or or again just make yourself feel good um, so that like you kind of got to f- observe there and think about you know what 's the goal here with changing things up but in terms of um Clothing in and of itself, I think you should still try to find what it is that you like. So, you know, just deciding one day I'm going to, you know, wear a suit and tie and uh, I don't know, leather crocodile leather shoes or something, if that's not your style, you're not ever really going to be comfortable in those things. And so it it is, it is daunting. Yes. Um, and it will take some time to kind of find your personal style. But, um, one thing that I recommend is that there are several different, uh, really cool subscription boxes out there specifically related to menswear and, um, also (laughs) obviously, uh, women's wear as well. And you can, go check out one of those boxes. Um, and they're often like personal stylists that can help you and you can send back the things that you don't want, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really a great way to get uh, quite a bit of new clothing into your house and decide what you like, decide what you don't like and build a new wardrobe over time as opposed to trying to drop like $1,200 all at once or more to pick out a whole wardrobe. So I think that could help you with the daunting part of it. That's
2: all my advice I have for you. I mean, there's, you also have to kind of be aware of your, you know, your work environment. Like it, it will there are some places where like you can dress nicer. But if you go in as a suit and tie, people are going to think that you just came in from a job interview somewhere else and, and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you need, you need to kind of you, you kind of have to be able to gauge like how how far to go with it. But I think the most important thing is that you're you're f- like comfortable. And I kind of mean physically comfortable. In in what you're wearing, because a lot of the reason, you know, part of it is just laziness. But I think part of it is also like that when you're in a coding job, it's important that you are not being distracted by anything. And that could include clothes that are, you know, uncomfortable which is a, a reason that a lot of people just kind of want to wear T-shirts and jeans because that's what they're comfortable in. So I think it's important that what you're wearing is is like physically comfortable for you to wear. But I think that Micah's suggestions are really good ones. And I think another thing that you could do is just, you know, go to a menswear store and just have them help you. Like we're a lot of places that are like – you know, like a men's warehouse or something like that, like have people who will, I mean, they're going to, they're working on commission to some extent, they're going to try to sell you stuff, but they know what will look good on people. And they'll try to get you into things that, uh, you may not have considered on your own, but that somebody else who's not, you would be able to, who is accustomed to looking at, you know, what looks good on people could find things that you will like that you wouldn't have thought of.
0: And if they work on commission, you can pretty woman them. Do you work on commission? Big mistake. Huge.
4: Um, There's a really cute sheet is you can find someone that does a show or in a movie that wears clothing that you like. um, And then you can screen cap that and then bring it into stores to get pieces that are similar to that. And so you don't have to worry about getting a fashion designer. You can just take someone that style you like and then you can just emulate it yourself and you can do that on a budget.
2: You can try to go to magazines for stuff like that. But a lot of times like when you're going to like menswear magazines like GQ or something like that, like the stuff that's in there is so expensive and you don't necessarily want to break the bank on something like that, especially if you're not sure that you're going to like it. Exactly. So that that's really the problem with a lot of those a lot of those magazines, but I think just finding a, a look that you like and bring it into some place and say get me as close to this as you can is a really good idea.
0: Uh, that's, uh, that is fantastic advice. And uh, oftentimes, like I said, those, um, those boxes, the good thing about them is a, you're going to be spending less money altogether. And then things that you don't like, you get to try it on and decide that you don't like it. And you can send that particular thing back or say, I want a, a different size in this. Uh, but yeah, you can usually find pretty, pretty darn close to the same thing, um, elsewhere. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for a lot less expensive than you would find in something like GQ. And I am just going to uh, give a hat tip to asos.com, A S O S dot com, which is like my favorite place to to get clothing at any given time. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are many different styles there and have found that the, the quality, um, vastly outweighs the pricing. So check that out if you're looking, cause I mean, I used to, I used to have to dress up every day because I was on camera every single day. And so I had to look that level of presentable. Um, so it's a good place to go to get some of that stuff and not break the bank. So that's all the advice I think. If you would like to get in touch, here is exactly how you can do that. You can call us at 508-418-3532 to leave a voicemail. You can also tweet us at underscore disruptionfm with the hashtag me, or send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if you would like us to say your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Please go review the show on iTunes because it always helps. You can find our show notes at relayfm slash disruption not isometric <laughs> thanks as always to relay and if you are looking for me online you can find me at micah sergeant steve where can people find
2: you well you can find me uh spinning virtual dreidel somewhere or you can find me on twitter at wicked good and brie where can people find you miss Kakao.
0: And last but not least, Dow, where can people find you?
4: You can check out anxiety videos.com or on Twitter. It's at George underscore Dow.
2: And also in a panda oh. suit near you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, no, don't look
1: for the panda suit, Steve. Don't. <laughs> Pandas are innocuous <laughs> oh. and you don't have to yes. worry
2: about them. Yeah, you right. just let the panda suit blend into the background and Right, way. right, mm. right. Yes. Very let nondescript.
0: <laughs> All that is left is for Steve to say that thing he says every week. So Steve, take it away.
2: Go. Stop looking at the panda suit and go listen to something else. We're done. Bye.